It is the morning after edition of Game Over Calgary. I'm Peter Klein. Thank you for putting up with our technical difficulties last night. Still wanted to get something out here after a great performance from the Flames um, in Game 4 that has their series with the Dallas Stars now tied at 2. Get all your NHL playoff action at Sports Interaction. Before the game starts, live in play or how your favorite player will perform, Canada plays at SIA. Doing it right since 1997, with the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That is sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Must be 19 years or older. Please play responsibly. So, the sun is shining, birds are chirping, it's a beautiful day here in downtown Calgary as the Flames have evened up their series with the Dallas Stars, a two games apiece, after what I would consider to be the best playoff game of this era for this franchise. Um... That might seem like hyperbolic, uh, a hyperbolic statement or anything like that. It's not, though. If you've been following te this team as long as I'm sure many of you have been, you know this time of year has not been kind to the Flames. These types of performances do not happen for the Calgary Flames ever in the playoffs. Um, maybe in a play-in, and we can kind of convince ourselves, like, okay, well, it was after the regular season, so whatever. But no, that this, this type of performance from the Flames, we just have not seen. And there's a number of things that I think kind of play into this. I think the most important one is the play of this top line. And I want to state, for the record, we're going to highlight the top line here. There were no passengers in this game. I thought this was a pretty complete effort from the Flames, and we'll get to that in a second. But I just wanted to say that off the top before we start to heap praise on Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, and Matthew Kachuk. And it did not look like it was going to start that way. A couple of minutes into the game, Johnny Gaudreau gets kind of blindsided by Nemesnikov. Uh, Nemesnikov gets two minutes for a check to the head. Johnny Gaudreau tries to give it the old call which try on the power play, and then has to not do that. And so he goes back to the locker room, gets himself checked out, and then he came back and looked like regular season Johnny Gaudreau. And that is something I know Flames fans have been begging for for forever now, right? Like, we have wanted this Johnny Gaudreau, the one that we have seen through 82 games of the regular season, to show up when the games matter the most. Not to be, okay, well, kept to the outside, and oh, well, I mean, maybe they got a couple of chances, but oh, they're playing against some tough competition. This was going against the best that one of the better defensive teams in the NHL had to offer, and Johnny Gaudreau did not only survive, he thrived in this. He was the best player on the ice, I thought, in this game, and it's just... I keep harping on it, but th this is not something we have seen from Johnny Gaudreau in the postseason ever. I think this was his best playoff game, um, and kind of brought it up on Twitter. I've seen some other people bringing it up as well. Was that the biggest postseason goal Johnny Gaudreau has ever scored? And it's certainly up there. I believe he had a pretty big one. I think it sent it to overtime or won it in overtime against the Ducks one year. Um, either way, he had a pretty impactful goal in that one. But considering what was on the line in this game, it's certainly on the Mount Rushmore for important Johnny Gaudreau playoff goals, which would be a weird mountain to look at, but you know what I'm getting at. Um... That, that was massive, and, like, the speed that he drew that with, and then the move. One of the things that has always got me about Gaudreau is he has, I think, some of the best hands in the National Hockey League. You see how he's able to, to maneuver through everyone when he is in traffic and create some opportunities there. He just, 
he is able to move very quickly and he has the hands that will back it up, which is why I've never, for the life of me, understood why on a, a penalty shot or in shootouts or anything like that, he is always a shoot-first guy. Maybe it's been building to this one moment, this crescendo of a penalty shot that really put the game away against the Stars on a beautiful move to open up Ottinger to go five-hole. And at that moment, you could feel... It's like this is this is definitely hyperbole, but it was almost like you could feel the whole city lift up. Like you, you could feel like the okay, they can do this now. You felt that on the team for sure. I noticed it on Twitter immediately as soon as that happened. I had someone tweet at me: "The series is over. Flames are taking this one." That is the confidence that this city now has in this team, and that is, I think, huge going into a game five because if it was three one coming back to this city with everything that we have seen this Flames team do over the last seven years and the nervous energy that would be in that building, it would be a home ice disadvantage. But now there's belief. Now there is passion again. Not that there wasn't passion before, but now that that passion has been backed up with two wins in a playoff series, which is the first time they've done that in way too long. Um, I guess they did it against the Stars the last time. Never mind. Um, but still, like, it, it feels like it's been a long time. And now you have this whole fan base behind him. That dome is going to be nuts on Wednesday night when the Stars come back into town. The red lot is going to be firing. Like, there is a rejuvenation. A lot of times in the city, it feels like, okay, it's playoff time. All the bars are going to have all the flags out. you got car flags going everywhere. I posted a picture I believe on Instagram, of a bear statue that is dressed up in Calgary Flames stuff at someone's house, which leads to a lot of questions. Why do you have a bear statue? Why do you have decorations for it? But I mean, if you're going to have one, you may as well have the other. But it's it, it was a lot of, okay, we're going to do all of this, but there's a little bit of going through the motions. Hey, maybe it'll be, ah, but we're probably not going to. There is another level now just waking up in this city today, seeing social media, seeing um, things on television. Like there is another like, oh, dang, this could be a thing now. And that that felt like a a damn a potential damn bursting moment for the Flames. That there, there's now a belief, not only, like I said, among the, amongst the fan base, but amongst just everyone in this city now that, okay, something can happen now. And I, I desperately need to get a more timely um, reference for this because all my references apparently are in 2011. Apparently I was at my peak sports watching when I was 21 years old, but I remember, I'm pretty sure it was the 11 fi uh, NBA finals. Mario Chalmers was having just a awful time getting the, the ball to go in. And then at one point he got fouled and two free throws. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm not missing again. And Mario Chalmers, for, for those who, because I know this is a hockey show, but for those who don't know, Mario Chalmers was a very good shooter on some pretty good, or some very, very good Miami Heat teams. And, but it's just, it wasn't falling for him. And then to see the ball go, to see the ball go from his hand into that hoop and the switch sound and everything changed him. Was a completely different player. I guess, while we're sticking with basketball analogies for some reason, uh, Fred Van Vliet in 2019 on the, the, the Raptors run to an NBA championship, the birth of his son was obviously a big thing, but once he started to see some of those shots go, he turned into a different player, and now he's rode that for three years. I'm not expecting that from Johnny Gaudreau, but maybe. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting all choked up talking about it, but for... 
for this team now to have the confidence to know you can do that, to have the proof of concept in Daryl Sutter hockey, because the, the first win, it was a good controlling win. It wasn't a fun win. And it was kind of a whole oh boy. We kind of, we squeaked that one out, but to have proof of concept now that you can go out into that team's rink with Pantera blaring and a 23 year old goalie who looks like he's never going to be scored on again. And you can go in there and you can throw 50 shots at the kid and four of them are going to go in. One of them's going to be an into an empty net, but shut up, we're rolling. That you can go out and you can control a game against a team that has controlled you for about 120 minutes of hockey now. To be able to do that, come out the other side of that, respond to that, and pick up a win, I cannot stress to you enough how big of an impact I think this is going to be for the Flames. And when you look at how this Calgary team needs to play going forward, there's still not quite enough traffic at the front of the net. And I don't I don't want to harp on many negatives here because, quite frankly, there weren't many of them for the, the Flames. It was a pretty complete performance um, in the four minutes that we had with Audie James last night um, before our robot overlords decided that that was enough for the day. But in the, the brief time we had, he said it was a damn near perfect game. And it was. Like, they, the, the forecheck was aggressive defensively. I thought they did a very good job of not letting Dallas get set up. Offensively, they stuck a team out there for four minutes. A couple of stupid penalties that I'm not super thrilled on, but um, overall, a, a very, very good performance. If there are a couple of nits to pick from this one, definitely need more traffic in front of Ottinger. And I thought they did a good job of at least creating a bit of havoc in front of the net and um, making life a little bit more difficult for him. But I still think that there is a little bit more work that can be done to plant some big bodies in front of that net, create some opportunities off of it, and really start to, to take over games that way and just make life uncomfortable for that kid. And because it's he, he's been great, but it's been easy for him to be great so far. I think the Flames need to do that. The one, uh, another thing that I'm going to just highlight very quickly, you have a shift where you have the other team out there for three minutes, and I thought the Flames were great in that. Again, maybe not as many, excuse me, super dangerous chances in that series to, to like maybe take full advantage of the opportunity that they had, but... At the end of it, it ends in a penalty, and that's like, and and then like Dallas goes out and Sagan ices it, and now you have them like dead to rights, and there's a penalty. It's a bit of a soft penalty, but it's still a penalty, and it was just a, oh, like one of the things that's been frustrating um, about the Flames is just the timing of a lot of these things and the the penalties that they've been taking and how frustrating those have been. And one of the things I've talked about on on my other podcast is you see some of these teams that are having success and it's timely saves and timely moments that they're coming up with big plays that are creating these great opportunities. And that was the worst possible time. You have a lead. Everything is going right. If Dallas scores on that power play, then all of a sudden things, things have really started to like, if Dallas scores on that power play, then it gets a little bit sideways. Right. And it gets a little bit, Ooh, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, and the the Flames were able to kill that off and, and really build on it. The penalty kill again last night was exceptional. And Jacob Markstrom last night again was exceptional. All the talk has been about Ottinger because of how unexpected it is. It sounds like Markstrom um, might be getting a Vesna nominee at some point today. We'll see. But like he has been every bit as good as, as Ottinger 
has been in this series and it's the reason why um, maybe the, the Flames have an opportunity to be in a 2-2 a series split coming back to the Dome for Game 5. So those are just a couple of like, uh, I wasn't super thrilled about those. But otherwise, like I said, offensively, I thought they were great. Um, they, they hemmed Dallas into the offensive zone, quite or into Dallas's defensive zone, I guess, quite a bit. They were able to uh, attack at opportune moments, take advantage of some of the opportunities. The power play started to look like the power play again after an 0-12 stretch. It, it's still, it's, it is not perfect for sure, but it is, like Audie said last night, it is damn near perfect. That was, that was great from, from Calgary. The, the Flames coming into this one made a couple of lineup adjustments. And this is this is the stuff where I think coaches overthink this stuff a little bit too much. And it's just like it, it's being sneaky for sneaky sake when in warm up or at practice yesterday, it was Richie on the second line, I think, with Backlund and Toffoli. Either way, Richie was moved up and Japani was moved down. And then in the warm up, they go back to the regular line combinations. And then just to be super duper sneaky, they change things up going into the game with Michael Stone coming in and Brett Ritchie actually just sitting this game out. I That stuff I think is getting like, it, it's too sneaky for your own good. I don't think we're looking at this game today and oh, you know what really shifted the dynamic of this series? Dallas didn't know what the lines were going to be. Didn't know. They had no idea. They couldn't prepare for the eight shots Michael Stone was going to throw on net. So how could they possibly win a hockey game? That kind of stuff is, I think, a little bit... Like, it's it's too old school at this point. I, I think teams are going to be able to adjust to that pretty well. I thought Stone had a pretty good game. Um, like we said before, he had eight shots. I don't know how many of those are high quality. And when I, I look at the Calgary Flames roster... I do not look at this as a team that the optimal way to provide offense for them is eight Michael Stone shots. I feel like you could maybe maximize your value a little bit better in that type of a situation. But still, I, I thought Stone played really well. I like his presence out there on the power play, and I, I think he adds something to this team. I don't know. I don't know if they go with it. I mean, you won, so why change anything? Going into going into game five, if it's working for you, you, you may as well keep rolling with it. I, I think we got a bit of a glimpse into some of the negatives of that when Johnny Gaudreau was down. And it was a, oh, dang, this team has 10 forwards now. That's not necessarily ideal. Although, if a defenseman goes down, then you only have five of those. And, like, it's just... There's never a good time to have anyone get injured, and there's never a good way to, to balance that. But um, overall, I, I think the, the adjustment that the Flames made with Stone out there, um, I don't... Th I don't think it was the reason they won, but it, it certainly didn't hinder their progress any. I, I like I like the addition of Stone, and I think it can be pretty interesting going forward. And as far as the, the rest of the lines go, I don't know if there is another adjustment that you make necessarily, because like we said, they won, and they played perfectly, almost perfectly. The, the only change is get a little bit of stuff to the front of the net. Also, another thing that I liked from this game, because um, one of the things we talked about coming into this was that Matthew Kachuk has maybe been a bit too focused on the physicality of this. And it's been just being being physical for physical sake and just being a pest for being a pest's sake. And I kind of compared it to the, the dog caught the car and now doesn't know what to do. Um, not that Matthew Kachuk doesn't know how to fight or anything like that, but it was just like they would go out and they would crash, bang, boom. But you need to turn that crash, bang, boom into scoring opportunities. And they would just crash, bang, boom, and then do nothing with it. And then, well, well let's crash again. Okay, well, what about bang, boom? Nope, none of that led to anything. And so I, I like that. Milan Lucic kind of set the tone right off the opening faceoff. And this is part of the old school that I know kind of people roll their eyes at. But I, I think there is something to this where Milan Lucic is like, hey, look, at Matthew Chuck, 
isn't going to fight you. I, however, will fight you. So why don't we just do this thing? It kind of takes the burden off of Matthew Kachuk a little bit. Like it's a, oh, you think you're tough challenging him and then you can mock him for, he's not going to fight me. Why don't you fight me? Oh no? Oh, so there's a bit of a double standard going on here. I see. Great. Fantastic. Thank you very much uh, for establishing this. And let's just move on now, shall we? Cool. So I, I think that was that, that did a really good job of kind of taking Matthew Kachuk off the hook for some of the stuff that he has done. Not that, A, not that I think he's done anything egregious. B, not that I think he needs to just like shy away from things now. He can still be Matthew Kachuk, but I feel like he was being too much of one part of Matthew Kachuk. And the good thing about Matthew Kachuk is that all of it comes together in a, a beautiful melting pot. And I think with Lucic kind of taking that burden off of him, letting him just go out and be him, be a creative force offensively, but still someone who can play hard, but doesn't have to go over the top and fight Klingberg every game or go out and fight Jamie Benn every game. I think that just kind of set the tone like, hey, this has got, it's funny, we're all joking that Klingberg leads the, the, the playoffs in penalty minutes right now, and Matthew Kachuk's getting kicked out every game. It's made for some great ha-ha on the internet and some fun memes and whatever. The Flames' focus needs to be on winning the series, not proving how tough they are. And I think in Game 4, they met the balance of that well. They weren't getting pushed around, and I don't think they got pushed around, um, but they, they weren't so focused on doing the pushing that they lost focused on doing the scoring. And I think that that greatly helped the performance for the Flames. As far as what we saw from Dallas, I was... Um, I don't want to say surprised, because I've been surprised at the first few games of this series for the Dallas Stars at how well they have been able to play. <clears throat> Again, I'm just so choked up talking about this game. Um... This was more what I expected really from this series is that Dallas is going to make some of the stuff that the Flames get difficult, but the Flames are going to get a lot of chances to get the difficult things. Like they're just, they're going to have the puck a lot. They have more skill on their team, more depth of skill on their team than the Dallas Stars have. And that is eventually going to win out. And so for Calgary now, um, to kind of like keep that pressure on, because I think we talked about before, Calgary has kind of found that that groove, that mojo, that swagger, if you will. Um, it's now, how does Dallas get that away from this series? And I think Dallas now needs to get it back to what we were just talking about, where the Flames are more focused on um, the, the physical stuff and more focused on the extracurriculars than focused on the between the whistles sorts of things. I think Dallas needs to get that back. They, they need to They need to make this ugly. This can't be a traveling up and down both sides of the rink. That was fun last night where you have Ottinger making a crazy save on Toffoli. Markstrom comes back, makes a really big save. And then Ottinger makes a very big save again. Um, it's fun for us. And it's great for the Flames. I think that's what the Flames want this series to be. I get like, you you see Daryl Sutter hockey. You see some of the grinder players that the Flames have. And okay, this team needs to play low event hockey. This team was one of the higher scoring teams in the league last year or this season. Like they, they can... They are comfortable, and this was one of the things I talked about on my podcast, they are comfortable playing any style of play that you want, when they are playing at their best. You want to do run and gun, they can do that really well. They got Johnny Gaudreau, he's one of the best in the league. You want to grind things out, well, we just talked about, Matthew Kachuk's pretty good, and if things get ugly, Elias Lindholm has a shot that he can score from anywhere. So, you want to do that, Flames can do that too. Um... Uh, but I, I think now when you look at this series, it's clear that Dallas can play that in the mud hockey just a little bit better than the Flames can. So now Calgary has to adjust and turn it into a bit of a track meet. Another thing Calgary did quite well in this game, might I add. So now for Dallas, it's simple. Game five needs to be boring. 
I, I say this when I, I discuss fights all the time, when you have kind of a, stri- a striker versus a wrestler, the wrestler wants to hear that crowd booing. On, on social media, the Dallas Stars want people to be talking about how boring this series has been and about how, oh my God, I have to watch this game, um, especially now that their, their West counterpart with the Colorado Avalanche aren't going to be on for the rest of the first round because of how soundly and thoroughly they beat the National Predators. They want people complaining that they got to watch Flame Stars. That's what Dallas wants. And for Calgary now, again, it's getting out with that speed and creating those opportunities. And it's it's something we've talked about on this show before. That neutral zone needs to be a free and easy space for the Calgary Flames. And I think they did a good job of being able to create some of that speed through the neutral zone there in game four that allowed them to create a lot of these opportunities. But overall, full team effort from the Flames. I've, I've kind of nitpicked at a couple of things that I would like to see maybe them not do going into, um, going into game five. But overall... 1 through 11 at forward, 1 through 7 on the blue line. I thought everyone chipped in exactly in the way that you would like them to to do. And uh, Jacob Markstrom was, once again, phenomenal. So, we're getting ready for Game 5 coming up now tomorrow. Uh, We are going to be working tirelessly as we deal with the technical issues that we had to make sure that doesn't happen again. So uh, find us on the SDPN Sports YouTube channel where we're going to be live for Game 5, myself and Audi. And then if you miss any of that, or you just want to hear it again because our points were so mind-boggling that you needed to hear a couple of them, uh, you can head over to just search Game Over NHL wherever you get your podcasts, and you can download and listen to those. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube cha- uh, channel, subscribe, leave ratings on the podcast platforms. As far as myself, if uh, 20 solo minutes was not enough of me, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Um, I have a podcast, another one, it's called Couch Potato Diary. Talk a lot of flames on there. We do a lot of flames content over on, on twitch.tv slash primetimepk as well. Uh, but you can find my podcast, Couch Potato Diary, generally coming out every Monday, Wednesday, day and Friday. So thank you all for putting up with our technical issues. Thank you for being a part of what's been a really fun process so far here with Game Over Calgary. Uh, We are only just beginning with this, so hopefully you are along for the ride. Thank you all so much, and we'll talk to you hopefully positively again after Game 5 on Wednesday.